0: The following
1: is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yes! Go Cowboys! This, this, this is Talkin' Cowboys. <laughs>
2: Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys
1: World Headquarters
2: at the Star in Frisco. Hand
3: on Elliott Elliot. plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Prescott yeah. keeps it <laughs> and he bangs it into the
2: touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Tecma
1: Harrison, Rob
2: Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It is a wonderful Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Tostitos, helping fans get in on the game and our favorite chip and our favorite dip of Talking Cowboys. Welcome, everybody, to the SWBC studios at the Star in Frisco. We've got Hekma Harrison. We've got Isaiah Stamback, We've got Rob Phillips virtually again. I'm Kyle Yeomans along with Chris Beam here for Talking Cowboys. Today, everybody, it is hump day and the Cowboys... In a short week, have just two more days to rest up, prepare, and get ready for the Philadelphia (laughs) Eagles. (laughs) You're still not on it. It sucks.
3: (laughs) It sucks, man. He hates short days. Today is like the first day that your body is like, okay. It doesn't hurt his back. We could do this again. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't hurt his back, and now you're all of a sudden 72 hours. Wait, wait a minute. Got to do it again. <laughs> wait a minute. Here, <laughs> Here we go again. 72 hours. From now, we're going to be playing again. When you think about
2: it, too, there's going to be a Monday wild card game this year as well. There's a Monday night wild card game, and because of the Monday night wild card game, there's a good chance that the team that wins that Monday night game would then turn around right, and play the number one seed. On Sunday, mm. which means you would have six days of rest coming off of a Monday night game, playing against the best team, playing against a team that has two weeks of rest and the best record in whatever conference
1: they're in. Damn it, man! Well, that sucks. <laughs> well, but but the thing is, like, say for instance, if we play on Saturday, and, and obviously I don't know how the seating is going to go sure. for uh, the weekend playoff games, but if we get the let's say the Monday night game that's an additional day of rest for this team yeah you'd have what would that be
2: nine days then yeah. basically yeah
1: right and then you turn right back around and obviously on the short week again Yeah, uh, i mean who's more who's more prepared for short weeks than we yeah. are bro <laughs> that's true they've been through it a couple times right <laughs> come
2: on that's part of the dna here at dallas part of the dna rob how you doing out in the uh the, or rob p island studios out there
0: i'm doing i'm doing okay Oh. I wish I was in there with you guys. I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I'm just I'm bored.
1: The I'm, beard <laughs> is coming back. But hey,
0: that's a good point. Like <laughs> and you know what though? Like if you're going to have a short week and uh, take it now. Take it now and and sure. and maybe you play next Sunday instead of Saturday. So, get that extra day.
1: The beard is coming back, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Yeah, you growing it out? What are you doing?
1: Nah, right, look at, ha! No, look. will tell you. Look at, look it's at it. It connects all at the top. <laughs> <laughs> it, it connects at the top. I'm yeah. telling you, Pete. You will have a. Sh- Icy beard, man. You got to let that thing come no, in, man. No,
3: man. He is, let, let Rob Picha, he is in chill mode. He has a chinchilla <laughs> a sweater on right now. He on is, his face. He is
1: <laughs> <chilling>. <laughs> He's
2: got a volleyball named Wilson. Like, I mean, a couple different things, Rob. I Rob got my here. AM slippers on. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just a big party over here, man. <laughs> just
1: don't stand up, Rob. Don't stand up. Yeah, please do <laughs> not.
2: <in> Ivy wings. <laughs> All right, Rob. We're, we're going to start with you news and notes from yesterday the cowboys had an opportunity to, to rest up a little bit but still trying to get that preparation turning it around for philadelphia what was uh what was going on at the star in frisco
0: not a ton of news and notes at the star yesterday a very small practice report which mm-hmm. is good news going into week 18 and they only had a walkthrough yesterday they were uh, had a light light you know kind of jog through a meeting on the field type thing uh, yesterday because of the short week but only a Zeke is on it and he was a full participant and you know would have been a full participant with a regular practice mm-hmm. Jaron curse and Tony Pollard would have been limited in a normal practice so they're pretty healthy and that if that's one thing you want to point to given uh, you know d- despite their struggles last Sunday and apprehension about how they're going to play heading into the playoffs, They've got to be one of the healthier teams in the league right now. And that's uh, you know, with a disclaimer, everybody's trying to dodge COVID, yep. but from an injury standpoint, they're doing they're doing pretty well and Quinn Bohanna was back off the reserve COVID list yesterday.
2: And Blake Jarwins on his way back as well. They've designated him for return from the IR list. How long do you think that timetable looks like?
0: I think he would probably be back for the wild card game if things continue going well. If not, This week, you know, they started the window. It is a short crunch this week. Uh, But the way Mike McCarthy was talking, I think they feel pretty good about getting him back uh, fairly quickly in time for the playoffs.
2: How big is that to have not only Blake Jarwin and I, I mean, or excuse me, Dalton Schultz, because you're not trying to replace Dalton Schultz right now. But just to have that rotation with another tight end that can mix in with him and Sean
3: McCune and guys like that that are are talented in that tight tight end room. That's major. I mean, because you have to remember the confidence level that they had with Blake Jarwin. How much money they paid him uh, obviously is indicative of their confidence level with him and his ability. So when you have a player of that caliber, even though he hasn't necessarily been that over the last season and a half, he still has the potential to make contributions to this team on a high level. So adding that element back into your offense obviously
1: is a huge benefit. And I think you benefit your play design and rotation as well from the tight end perspective. I think we tilt our hand a little bit uh, with our tight end packages on what we're going to do. Uh, teams obviously know that Dalton Schultz isn't the best blocker that we have in the tight end room, so a lot of times it, it, it you, they can dictate what we're going to run based off of those packages that we come in with. And so, look, I don't believe that Jarwin is... Uh, a superior blocker, either. Uh, but I think, from, from a perspective of yards after catch uh, and what he does with the ball in his hands, I, I think he uh, obviously is an asset for the Dallas Cowboys offense. I think it is something that the
2: Cowboys could utilize because, it, once again, it adds to the rotation. And also, remember the, the one-two punch that Schultz and Jarwin had whenever they were together. You think about the taking the top off. I mean, they've been pushing Dalton Schultz down the field a little bit more as the season has gone along. But that's still not his strong suit. Having both of those guys on the field in two tight end sets could really open things up, I think, for Kellen Moore's offense. But now I want to open up the, the floor a little bit. This wasn't on the rundown, but I do want to hit it. Why do you feel like this loss to the Cardinals set everyone's expectations back? Because I, – I, and maybe not everyone, but a good majority of fans out there right now are so disappointed in the fact that you lost to the Arizona Cardinals. You lost to a good team. That you feel like those expectations are starting to temper a little bit. Not the case in the building. They're still going for everything. Still, everything's out on the table, and that's what it should be. But do you feel that? Do you get that same sense that you feel that the, the confidence level in the fan base surrounding this Cowboys team took a massive hit whenever they lost to the Cardinals the other day?
3: I think anytime you're, you know, as fans, I think, you know, when, you, when your team loses, you obviously take a hit, especially when you face a team that's well respected and that you know puts out a good product. And I think that's what happens around fandom uh, in regards to any team, not just the Dallas Cowboys, but, you know, especially when when you're when your team is winning and you're going into the NFC race and you're eight and one versus NFC. And then you all of a sudden face a team that is at the top of the rankings in their division and you lose. And it's kind of a a, a, I guess a jolt to your to your uh, ego a little bit because you're like, crap. We were riding high, and now all of a sudden we have to face the reality that this is what happens. This is this is the evidence that, that's shown when we face another good team, a really good team that's that's considered to be one of the best in the league in our in our conference. Uh, and so it's a reality check. I and mean, I think people would like to think that Dallas is above and beyond most of these other competitors around the league. And when you have games like this, you have to realize, look in the mirror, and say, "Crap, we got some work to do."
1: Yeah, it's it wasn't. The expectation, I think, from from fans were just riding high from the December four wins in a row. And then you, all of a sudden you have your heels cooled a little bit by a team that uh, going into the game, you said, look, this is an, a, a measuring stick game. And that's the way that it was being dubbed going into uh, Sunday. You lose that game. And your offense doesn't fire the way that you wanted it to. Your running game isn't there. You have so many things that you can point to. And obviously uh, – all cowboy fans are, are, you know, looking on social media and, and, and just hearing the naysayers and what they have to say about this team. Um, if you do a close analysis, or if you listen close enough, man, these people will convince you that we're the worst eleven and five team that's ever in the league, you know, and, and that we shouldn't be in the playoffs, and that everything is is one week is ah the Cowboys Super Bowl, next week is they suck, you know, so. Uh, you know, my, my take has been on this is that when anytime you, you look at this team, I I, I do I look at it in totality. I don't look at this season as a sample size. I don't go back five games. I don't go back three games. I look at the whole season. And if you can do that, uh, I think it puts a, a greater perspective on where this team is right now. Rob?
0: Yeah, I agreed. And I think I think it, it comes down to really the fact that they, it's been 10 games since they beat a playoff team. Mm. and And so that gives people a lot of apprehension they They beat the Patriots right before the bye week, and everybody was riding high and uh And you could argue that's been kind of their signature win of the season. Uh, I want to say they're like three and four this year against teams with winning records, and obviously, Arizona was the most recent loss, but that gives fans apprehension: can we beat the best teams in the league when we have to? And I think that's – I understand why fans feel that way. And, and I think the other thing, too, is there has been an unsettling feeling around this offense. I think Heck just referenced that for weeks now. Mm-hmm. And the Washington game kind of made everybody feel better for a few days. Um, but you ran into an Arizona team that, that did a lot of good things schematically to, to stifle you. And I agree with the fact that you have to look at the full 16 games this season and look at it and say, this team's awfully talented. They are well-coached. They're capable of beating teams in the playoffs. I still believe that. Uh, but based on what we've seen just now on Sunday, uh, that, that's not going to get you far in the playoffs. And obviously, that's why fans are, are worried, and, and I, I, I understand that.
2: And I'm glad you, you phrased it that way, because now it leads me into my next question. Is this the perfect pre-playoff game for the Dallas Cowboys, the pre-playoff matchup because it is a playoff team. The Philadelphia Eagles are in the playoffs. They will be the six or the 7th seed. They also are above five hundred. You could add a win. You could add some confidence against the team that's above five hundred with a win against Philadelphia, and of course, you would be six and zero against your division, which. That's, that bodes pretty well for confidence levels as well. First time since 1998 that they would be undefeated against the NFC East. So, Rob, I'll start with you on this one. Because of all these factors, because of the opportunity that's in front of you for this Cowboys team to build momentum, build confidence, and to win this game in Week 18, do you feel like this is the perfect lead-in to a postseason run?
0: I don't know about perfect lead in, but I think it's a good test, especially provided if Philly gets back some of their key guys that are currently on the COVID list. I mean, that's another factor in this matchup this week is we don't know how many guys they're going to have and or not have in this game. But but I agree with you in the sense that this is a very tough place for the Cowboys to play every single year. I've covered a lot of games up there, whether the Eagles are good, whether they're not so good. uh, It's tough. And I, I would argue that they're playing about as well as most teams in the playoff field mm. right now in the NFC. I mean, I, they offensively are playing more efficiently than the Cowboys right now. Yeah. I mean, the Cowboys are more talented offensively, but Philly's doing a nice job of balance and helping out Jalen Hurts and, and all of those things. I think it's a good test for the defense this week, and just going up there in the cold – and against in that environment is is a good test for the offense it always is
1: yeah and you know, when you do the evaluation of the Philadelphia Eagles, you have to look at the fact that they've played some of the same teams that we've played in the last three weeks as well. Um, we get no credit for beating up on the Washington football team, and I'm not going to give them any credit either. Uh, you know, we're going to take those. And they don't deserve it. it don't. If we don't deserve it, they don't deserve it either. But I agree with you, P. You know, they've gotten some things going, especially with their running game in Boston. Scott, uh, is they found a way to make him a weapon. I think maybe they have uh, – pulled back the reins, uh, so to speak, on uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, just taking those short drop-off passes. He's done a really good job of those. And, and I do agree that this offense is running with a bit of rhythm. Uh, but when you talk about this game being uh, important to us, obviously you want to be 6-0 and in the NFC. I just want to see this offense get back going. That's that's all I care about. I want to see that synergy Continuity. I want to see all of those things start to happen uh, for this offense because we know going into the playoffs, if we don't – 45 yards rushing just ain't going to get it. Yeah, that's factual. Uh, I, I don't want to give this Philadelphia team a
3: lot of credit. Mm. I, I really don't. Uh, however, I have to face the facts and acknowledge the fact that these guys are playing well. They're playing good ball. We have two more wins than they, ha- than they have on the year. We have allowed uh, only two less points than they have uh, in terms of defenses all year long. So you have to acknowledge, as good as our defense has been playing, their defense isn't too far behind in terms of points allowed. Um, these guys have also scored almost as many points as the dog on the Cardinals in ter- offensively. So. You have to acknowledge the fact that these boys are playing. And uh, with that, you better bring your you better bring your dog on big boy pants. They have some guys that can disrupt some things <laughs> on both sides of the ball. And with the way our momentum has been swinging, we have to do whatever Dallas has to do, whatever is possible, to ensure that you correct those things, check those boxes that are simply glaringly open right now, um, and address those problems so that you can make sure that you are going into the playoffs yeah. feeling the best that you possibly can. Because you can't expect that your team... To go into the playoffs and be like, oh yeah, we're gonna fix everything that we've been struggling with. Yep. No, those boxes have to be checked before you get in there. So the light don't just come on. Heck to the no,
2: <laughs> it's not a flip of the switch. No. no. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of where I'm I'm leading into it because you would also have not only an undefeated record against your division, but you also have another road win under your belt. And you know you're now you know for the most part you're gonna have to win on the road in the playoffs. When the playoffs come around more than likely you're going to have to win at least one maybe two playoff games and going up in Philadelphia like rob said is not a tough task it's not a, or i mean excuse me it's not an easy task no. to go up and win in Philadelphia no matter what time of year it is especially when it's in the middle of january now i, I kind of want to go back to what heckman was saying about the teams that Philadelphia had played washington twice New York twice, and they actually lost one of those games. They played the Jets. They played the Saints, beat the Saints, beat the Broncos. So, I mean, they've won four straight. They've won six out of their last seven. But is it realistic? Is it a legitimate... Worry the fact that they're playing so well because these are not good teams, and they lost
1: one to the Giants as well. Look, it's an NFC East opponent. You know they're going to play us tough. It's just what it is. We're playing in Philadelphia. They are going to be waiting for us, and they are ready. Uh, And and look, in spite of everything that I'm saying about the Blue Eagles, they have made the playoffs. (laughs) Man, let's come on. Let's keep it real. They made it. And and at the beginning of the season, it didn't look like it. They didn't look like they were playoff teams, especially when we beat them 41-21. So to see the way that they have rounded in the shape and gotten into uh, the playoffs its a testament to the fight that this team has. Jalen Hurts is playing good ball. He's you know, not turning it over. And when you play the Jets, the Giants twice, and the Washington football team, come on, guys, it makes you feel a little bit better. It's homecoming every week uh, for these guys to get some of the opponents that they have. We just got to go in there and take care of business. It's right now, um, even with the four-game winning streak that we've had, our offense, as you could tell, guys, it's, it's been sputtering and slump, whatever you want to call it, which you just don't feel good about where you are defensively, is where we have to get back. I think Kyler Murray just kind of—I mean, we, we came up against a juggernaut in of a player, and I think Jalen Hurts has a lot of those same characteristics. As well. Uh, and so it's going to be interesting. I, I just want to see how Dan Quinn schemes up for uh, for the Eagles and is it going to be a little similarities between the scheme last week?
2: Well, let's answer that question on the other side of the break because I want to hear what you guys think the Cowboys defense should do against uh, a Jalen Hurts. If it is different than what they did against Kyler Murray and then whatever, what other weapons does Philadelphia bring to the table when we come back with more Talking Cowboys after this. It's a Great People, Great Pay replay here on Talking Cowboys. You've heard it already on this show every single day that Jason Witten has joined the Caliber Collision team. You can also join him, do great work with great people for great pay, and apply right now at jobsatcaliber.com. That's jobs jobsatcaliber.com. What are you waiting for? Go get the bread. Join jobsatcaliber.com because they are great people and they give you great pay, like it says at the beginning of the read. Welcome back in to Talking Cowboys. Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips, Chris Beam, Kyle Yeomans. Guys, is, is this the perfect ramp up to potentially see Kyler Murray again in that first round? Is this, an, an, is this a redo chance for this Cowboys defense against a dual-threat quarterback? And, of course, here this week with the Philadelphia Eagles, we're talking about Jalen Hurts. And I'll start with you, Isaiah. How do you feel like the Cowboys learned from their mistakes against Kyler Murray last week, and how will they translate
3: that here in the Week 18? Went back and watched a lot of film in terms of um, how Dallas was approaching and trying to handle Kyler Murray. The, the defensive uh, ends did a great job of applying pressure. There was no internal pressure. And we, and we talked about that earlier in the week saying how against a running quarterback you have to have internal pressure, and there was no presence of that. And Kyler Murray recognized that. There is also times, when, as you look at the film, when Jalen Hurts, uh, in particular, where teams are rushing one defensive end up the field and their their other opposing end is either dropping into coverage or they're coming and getting caught in the wash. So what does he see? He sees one open side and he just takes off. Um, He has a lot of different um, options for him at his disposal. In terms of how Dan Quinn is going to approach that, I think he has to get his dogs on the interior to to get things moving. Gallimore, Tristan Hill, Osa, all, all the goons that are in the middle right there, they have to step up and have the game of their lives because they are going to see another running quarterback the following week. We don't know who the heck going to be, but it's going to be another quarterback who has capability of taking off, and it might be that Kyler dude again. And guess what? Kyler's going to hey, have to come back into AT&T Stadium where he loves it. So <laughs> they're going to have to figure that out, and I think that just addressing that aspect alone will make a huge difference because the defensive ends, I feel, actually played well. It's the interior linemen that need to step their game up.
1: No, I mean, and I I love that evaluation. What I saw uh, in, in looking at the game was – when you talk about the defensive end playing alignment assignment making sure that you don't bite too far down in and you saw Randy Gregory those last two games to end the game he lost contain he hadn't been doing that the entire game and then that was what cost him I thought the pressure that up the middle from Diggy Zua and Carlos Watkins I I thought that they were trying to you know, stay in their lane, mm-hmm. stay assignment sound mm-hmm. and not over pursue and let him out the back door. And that hesitancy, I think, didn't allow for that yep. pressure to get up the middle the way that you're talking about. I think that they can play Jalen Hurst the same way. Uh, because you know that the Eagles are gonna do a lot of design runs with him. Yeah. He had nine carries yeah. uh against us last the last time we nine for thirty-five was what he did last time. And look, we have to we have to have the same approach, but we have to get home we have to get pressure we had two sacks last time obviously we were able to create turnovers as well Um, but that's going to be really important but Boston Scott now as their running back I'm really interested to see how we uh, take him on Um, he you know, he's bona fide as a rush. He's also bona fide as a pass catcher out of the backfield. But, you know, there's so many things that's going to be happening uh, in our on the back half. Um, I, I think that Dallas Goddard is a legitimate weapon. I want to see how we handle that. Uh, and obviously, You know, look, they've got some guys. Quez Watkins is someone that you cannot fall asleep on because he will take it to the house. Uh, Obviously, uh, Smith, Devontae Smith, their Mm -hmm. first-round draft pick from last year. So, look, it's going to be another one of those games where defensively we could put these guys to sleep pretty quickly, but we've got got to make sure that we apply pressure. We've got to get home.
2: Both Boston Scott and Dallas Goddard are in that COVID protocol at the moment. So they could get back, but hopefully – I mean, I don't want to say it. I'm not going to say say it either way. I I, I hope they get back, honestly. I want them to get back because I want to see a realistic play scheme. I want to see how the Cowboys answer the bell in a a week like this. But uh, having both of those guys out would change a ton of things on the offensive side, but also up the middle with Jason Kelsey. I mean, he's one of the best centers in all of football. And he's also on that COVID list, too. That's why I kind of lead into it that way. There were 18 total pressures in the game against the Arizona Cardinals. 18 pressures from the Cowboys' defense. 16 of them came off the edge. Only two were in the middle, and they were both belonging to Neville Gallimore. So that interior pressure against this Philadelphia offensive line is going to have have to have some sort of success to really build that confidence. Rob, do you see that even if Jason Kelsey's back and he's playing as a realistic (coughs) opportunity for the Cowboys on that side of the ball?
0: Absolutely, and we've talked about it on the show before, and Isaiah played the position. Sometimes that middle pressure is more uh, frustrating for a quarterback than than the edge pressure uh, because there's really nowhere for you to step up and go with the ball. You can't climb the pocket, those kind of things. Um, I love Boston Scott. I think he's 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 kind of got a sproles to his game, and when you look at this, the way this Eagles offense is built, it's kind of built the way that we've seen him build it the last 15 years, like, like Heck alluded to some of the speed they've got versatility at the at the running back position Miles Sanders is out right now Uh, and obviously Hurts can beat you a bunch of different ways Micah Parsons was asked about him yesterday and and he said you know he he, Kyler's the more dynamic quarterback I mean I think Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray are probably in a different category than everybody else in terms of what they can do uh, as a dual threat but we know what he can do I I think the Hurts can do I think the biggest thing is for the Cowboys can they do this is is run up the score get a lead early that's what happened in the first game they got a 20 to 7 lead in the first half and it forced the eagles to to not be as uh balanced and do all those things you know for, for hurts that that's not ideal for him and they wound up only running the ball 12 times for 64 yards can the offense dictate what the eagles offense can do and that's 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 contingent on getting off to a much better start than they did against arizona
3: what do you think about that i agree I agree. I mean, I think that you can take him out of his game. Um, These guys guys have the recipe. The the thing that sucks about when you play against quarterbacks that have the ability to beat you with their feet is what Heckman said is the hesitation. And that's what you know as well as a quarterback who possesses those abilities. You know that you create hesitation. You know that these guys, instead of putting their head down and simply dipping and ripping and rushing and creating issues, now they're going to be... You know, locking on with two hands, and now they're gonna be peeking over, their, <laughs> yeah. peeking over the shoulders, and their feet slow down. Their eyes get, you know, they get a little nosy. Their feet slow down. The rush stops. So you know that, and you know you're gonna have more time to throw the ball. You know you're gonna have more time to step up and step out and get outside the pocket and, and you know, expand you know the duration of these plays, which in turn allows for your receivers to get open against these DBs or get penalties against DBs because longer plays. Maybe it makes it more difficult for DBs to defend. So you know that as a opposing quarterback, and that's something that Dallas is going to have to try to instinctively try to address. They're going to just say, hey, I don't give a doggone who's back there at quarterback. We're rolling. And that's something that they're going to have to
1: correct. Yeah, I, and, and when I do my evaluation, man, I, I go back to the previous year mm. uh, and just breaking down when the last time we were in Philly. And the last time we were in Philly, Ben DiNucci was the, the starting quarterback. Mm. Don't you forget it. Mm. Don't we you. won't Gucci what a night yeah, <laughs> a, yeah, yeah, what a night! Oh, wait, trust me, we won't forget it, <laughs> <laughs> Nucci man. And you know, defensively, we had nothing going on. We could not get any stops. Jalen Hurts was was in his bag uh, against us, but pressure. We look, Michael Parsons last week was. This is the first time that I, I was just like, man, is Micah out there? You know, because of some of the mm. things that the Cardinals were able to do to nullify our yeah. pass rush, and a lot of that was due to what we've already discussed. Yeah. These guys are just having to make sure that they're in their lanes and not let Kyler out. This is a different guy, uh, in Jalen Hurts. And I'm not saying that he's not a dual threat, because he is. He can get out on you in a hurry. He's strong, but he has a good arm, and, and he wants to try and, and make those plays against you. I just want this defense to obviously bring that same pressure that they had before. Jerron Curse has got to be the great neutralizer that he's been this entire season and making sure that, look, we don't let these tight ends uh, get off against us. Mm-hmm. We don't let these, these running backs get out of the backfield. We've got to get sacks. We've got to do the same thing that we did against them last time and not allow them to get any rushing yards they had 64 rushing yards the last time we saw
0: Ooh,
2: yeah and see this is the number one rushing offense in the league right now in terms of yards per game so you're gonna have to limit them again like that but how much better are the philadelphia eagles since when you watched them in week three and of course going back to last year as well okay
0: <laughs>
2: All right, they're not not that much better.
1: I mean, they really are. I mean, and you, and, and if we gotta be fair about our evaluation, that we go like, I mean, the work, the, the most critical evaluator in the room is that guy right there. And so, if it comes down to <laughs> nice. when it comes down to you know, wait, who, the camera. Who, <laughs> who they played against and the kind of ball that they played. I mean. They opened up with points scored against them. Their defense got drove on. I mean, mm-hmm. so it's not as though they've been playing this impeccable ball uh, this entire run that they've been, you know, getting into the playoffs. <laughs> it hadn't happened like that. What, Pete? <laughs> no, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> the, the, they are
0: playing, they're, I, I agree, they're playing better than they did early in the season. But I just kind of go back to if you get a lead on them, all that balance and you know, one thing that's really helped Jalen is play action and playing off their running game and all that. If you're up 27 7, like they were in week three, that stuff goes out the window. Yeah. So I think, I just think it's a lot, it's contingent upon. Dallas finally get off to a good start. Get you know, get get up on them and 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 force them to play out of their comfort zone a little bit.
2: Just to play devil's advocate here a little bit, Rob. I mean, last week against Washington, and I know Washington and Dallas are not the same teams by any means. We proved that in, in Week 16, but. They were up 16-7 to at the halftime break. They had built that lead. They had had the momentum. They played really well in the first half, but Philly was able to kind of find their footing and then kind of charge back to the lead and put up, what is that, 13 unanswered points to win it. Uh, do you see – is there any sort of improvement in that regard to the Philadelphia side so that way if they do get down early on, if the Cowboys do what you just said and jump out to a lead, they still have an opportunity to answer?
0: Well, yeah, and, and I mean, give yeah, give them credit, and they've they've got guys. Heck, mention the guys they've got down the field that can make chunk plays. It hurts you. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just argue that that's Washington, and this Dallas defense when they're playing with the lead, and yeah. you've got Micah Tienoff and Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence. That's that's a world of hurt to potentially be in. So uh, that's that's when this de- this defense is at its best. That's when this team
1: is at its best. Is when they're playing with the lead. And the chunk plays are dangerous for us, and it is. And we saw last week and Trayvon Diggs gave up the big play to A.J. Green that if it had been out a little bit further, it would have been just a walk-in touchdown for him. And that has been so much talked about, uh, our, our secondary and the big plays that they give up. One of the things that our defense can't afford to do is give up those big chunk plays at the beginning of the game. You watched last week. We gave up a 26 yard run to open the game. Mm-hmm. Followed it up by another run that that was you know 15 20 yard run that changed field position. Set for the us. tone. Set the tone for the entire game. Those are just little things like that. Just being alert and aware right from the first bell is what I'm looking for this defense to do.
3: Philadelphia is sneaky in the sense, and I, I do believe that they're better. I think they're substantially better now than they were earlier in the season when we faced them. And one of the areas is that they are committed to this run. They are, they are diligent about establishing the run, and they will lull you to sleep. With the run, yeah. right, and they have the ability. It's not. It's not just a running back that you have to worry about. It's not just Scott. It's not just Howard. These guys that you have to worry about. You obviously have to take into account their doggone quarterback. Yep. And they have no. He has no problem. He's strong, right? He's a weight room guy. He has no problem running the ball and getting downhill. He's not a quarterback who can run. He's a quarterback who does run, and they utilize him in that aspect. Um, and I think that's where they're dangerous because they will pound you, pound you, pound you, and then all of a sudden the chunk play, yeah. right? And it's discouraging. There's going to be a lot of third down opportunities. They are going to get into third down because they're not going to throw big plays on first and second. They're going to run it, run it, run it. There's going to be a third down, and you're going to get all hyped up, get ready to get off the field, and then they, boom, they run it again or they have a chunk play, and now it's back to another set of downs. And they keep doing it over and over and over again, and they are okay having patience in that regard. That's where Philly is dangerous. So to you guys' points, you, Heckman, and Rob, you have to get up on these guys just like you did earlier in the season.
1: And I not, like, I think I've, I completely agree with what you just said, and that's a um, when you break them down that way. But I think they went to the running game because they had to rely on Gardner to miss you yep. at a point in the season. <laughs> uh, they were they were getting killed. They, yeah. they, turnover differential was, was, yeah. was not favoring them yep. at all. And so they had to go and rely on what they do best. Look. The strength of the Philadelphia Eagles team is their defense and offensive line. Mm-hmm. They are strong up front. Mm-hmm. Um, and That's why you can't let them get going. Yeah. That's what so I'm saying. Like, you can't let them get going. That's So even though they were forced
3: to identify that and forced to go back to the run, light bulb, boom. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Look what we got. <laughs> Look oh, we wait. Got. Oh, dang. I, I guess we do have that. Maybe we need to go back and figure that out, too, An offensive line mm-hmm. for Kellen Moore. Sorry. Rob, <laughs> do you have something to add? Sorry. came out. No,
0: no, I agree. I agree. That's a, that's a good point too, about how, you know, they, they, they probably had to shift things around with the quarterback change early on, but they, you know, they, they, they want to get the RPOs going. They want to, you know, move the pocket and get, get Jalen kind of on the move and those things. So it's, it's all really, it's been a nice flow for them. But again, like this defense, when it's playing at their best, uh, is a different challenge than what they faced the last four weeks. So I'm interested I'm interested to see it. And when we come back on the other side of the break, we're gonna talk about
2: can this defense still win without the takeaways? Because they're one and three in games where they haven't had a takeaway this season when we return with more
0: talking cowboys. Wanna use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys?
1: back to talking cowboys
2: whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses you can see every exciting play book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you see more do more Essilor on talking cowboys how do you like so effectively just comb through your entire face like you that you see that you do Did that you on see the swipe oh it was all the way
3: through it see that right there i don't know it just comes to me Kyle. Hmm. It comes to me. <laughs> on, <laughs> I'm sitting in Rob P.'s seat, though, so my— You got to— Yeah, I mean, I have, I got to step it up. Yep, pressure is on. Hopefully we'll have Rob P.
2: back tomorrow. Oh, yeah, tomorrow. yeah. So that way he can do the read tomorrow. So we can maybe do that and have no, something No,
1: we don't it. It's there. Friday. Mm. It's his mm. day is Friday. Let's okay. keep him on Friday.
0: Tomorrow's our last day, though. It's our though. last show? Yeah, we don't I, have shows on Friday. I will probably be back in— st- it's you gonna be Monday for me. Oh, okay, Monday. Monday, Monday. Chris, Chris just said we have shows on. Yeah. Friday. You do, have, uh, you do have a show on Friday. Oh, oh we do.
2: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Look at you, oh, Mister Vacation. That's awesome. Well, Chris <laughs> told me <laughs> earlier in the week they were canceling shows. Oh
0: I never, no, I never said I guess that. You Bus did, was standing right here, and I was standing in that <laughs> hallway. I said, I said, <laughs> I said, I have not talked to Derek yet. see uh, because depending on flights, I don't, I don't <laughs> think, I don't think that's what,
2: I, I don't think that's what. Chris, are you reading that muffler number?
1: I am happy. Under the bus right now. You got. He backed <laughs> it up. <laughs> 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 definitely.
2: But that's okay. He, he I'm happy. May have a day off, and he's like, "Oh, really? Yeah." yeah. I, I deserve Kyle's it. I definitely
3: gonna be in Colorado. <laughs> I <laughs> definitely deserve it.
2: All right. <laughs> Is this defense good enough to win without takeaways? Because Woo, you were mentioning you were mentioning earlier in the show yardage middle of the pack which they are middle of the pack even lower of the pack they've given up the big play mm-hmm. but they don't get takeaways which they've had four games this year where they haven't had a takeaway which is pretty darn good that means they take the football away quite a bit we knew that that was the calling card for this dan quinn defense but when they don't get it how much of a factor does that have on that side of the ball
3: it's major it, it, because it's complimentary football Right? And this is a three-portion game. Uh, there's three aspects and three, obviously, contributors to this game, offense, defense, special teams. When your defense is not able to create the turnovers that you have been dependent on them to create and your offense is not putting up the points that they're capable of putting up, mm-hmm. it makes it more difficult for this team to win ball games. It really does.
1: In that case, that is not complimentary football. It is not. <laughs> there no. It is. Uh, you know. I have a question for you. It, it's. You know, the one thing about that is, uh, it sounds so absolute when you say, "Oh, can't you guys win if you don't get takeaways?" There are people. There are teams winning yeah. every Sunday that don't get a takeaway. Yeah. Uh, it's all contingent on. Obviously, you know, at the beginning of the season, we were talking about how explosive our offense was, and obviously, the defense was not. It, it's a, a pleasant surprise, uh, and all of these takeaways are as well. But you cannot count on them. Uh, what you can count on is getting off the field on third downs. Mm. that's what you can do. Uh, and regardless if we don't get any turnovers, we have got to go back to that. Our formula and you look at our losses the, the go back to the, the Denver game or the Las Vegas game slow methodical drives have killed us and we cannot continue to allow that. We can't go into the playoffs even against those great quarterbacks that we're going to face mm-hmm. and allow them to have those, you know, time melting, yard melting, slow methodical drives and get scores at the end of them regardless if we don't uh, get any uh, any takeaways.
2: 9 of 78 yards, 15 of 91, 10 of 40, 8 of 75, 9 of 49. I mean, those are all the drives that Arizona had in the game all day. So it's going to yeah, it's going to hurt you, Rob.
0: Yeah, I mean, you hope so because you can't you uh, you can't guarantee that you're going to get takeaways every single game, and there is an element there is an element of luck in getting takeaways, and some of it has to do when when your offense is clicking because you're forcing the other team to to kind of play and press and and sometimes that that can lead to those things. So I think it depends on what your offense can do too. Can you? Can the offense get back to scoring more points and manufacturing things and, and creating more opportunities for the defense? Um, I, I, think, I think the defense, in a way, to me, that was a winnable game based on the way the defense played Sunday. And I know they gave up some big plays, but 25 points playing at home allowed, I think that's enough for your offense to go win the football game. You should so be able to win. You're right. I, I think that loss was... I think that loss was more on your offense didn't get started fast enough and, and you missed a big field goal, you know? And obviously, yeah, there were some calls that didn't go your way too, but but I think it was more about not, not playing well enough early enough.
3: I have a quick question. There's something that we haven't addressed, and we may not have time to address it right now on this particular show, but... I saw something come across the screen the other day, and it had it was in regards to Trayvon Diggs. And yes, he's leading the league, obviously, in interceptions. However, he's also leading the leagues the league in most yards allowed um, in his direction. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Do you do? You, are you happy with that trade off? Yes,
2: one hundred percent. Especially when it's eleven interceptions. Okay. Now, a lot of people are... I saw one that said he was the Jameis Winston of, of corners. <laughs> Jesus, and It's like, come on now. Stop, that's it. A, that's a stop it. That's
1: a lot. Stop it. I think this is a dumb argument, honestly. What do you think? Well, I think the argument is all based off of guys that played the position before. Mm. And, and that's what they're talking about. And it, it's, it's this comparison business. Yeah. And at the beginning of the year, everybody's comparing them to Dion and guy, you know, Revo Island. And these are guys that probably didn't give up a thousand yards in multiple seasons sure. uh, mm. to wide receivers. I think the NFL is change. I think it's so much about what cornerbacks can do at the line of scrimmage that they cannot do anymore. I mean yes. Dion used to be able to bear hug you at the <laughs> line of scrimmage and now you can't do that. Yep. You know? Uh, it, it's 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 he, for what he is and for the skill set that he has, I think he he maximizes it. There have been other shows that have talked about him being susceptible to the, the double move, mm. right? And we've seen it uh, over the last couple of weeks that the double move is something that will kill him. He will get caught on it. Yeah. Uh, but then he'll come right back and take one to the house. So the ebb and flows, the give and takes right now at 11 interceptions, I, I, I'll take it. Take I'll it. take it. I'll take it. Rob, what do you think?
0: <laughs> totally agree. I mean, I don't know. Isaiah, if you've seen all year long, the, the PFF has ranked him, I think at one point recently, he was 90th hmm. among quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think PFF has some good stuff. But, like, they've got to change their grading system based off <laughs> that. <You're 11 laughs> interceptions. You are you are You are impacting the game in a major way for your defense. And, I you know, there's got to be some kind of let's meet in the middle here in terms of, uh, yes, he gives up big plays, he gambles, he'll freelance – and sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it doesn't. But if you are in the firmly in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year, then you're better than the 90th player at your position. Absolutely. Right now, he is
2: currently ranked as 80th out of the cornerbacks I'm in the NFL. Up. He is the third best or third highest rated corner throw the on the PFF Cowboys. Away. <laughs> <laughs> throw
3: it, Throw it all out the window. Let me get y'all's take on that. I figured you guys would have strong opinion. I mean, you What's yours? No, I I agree. I mean, yeah, you change the game when you when you when you would negate the ability for somebody to throw it in your direction. Uh, however, you know, team, p- people are getting yards on him, and that's something that you don't want to continue to allow if he's unable to continue with the turnovers. Yeah. Because that just means that you're going to continue to – pick on him in that regard. But there's always a chance of him making a big play. And I think that that possibility is a game-changer for your
1: defense. You played against Darrell Revis. I and, did. And, and guys like that, I mean, what is it, as a comparison uh, between the two, what would you say would be the difference between the Diggs and uh, Revis?
3: Revis was more, way more physical than Diggs. Uh, way more physical. And he was a strong human being. Mm-hmm. But I I, I feel like people really were, like, scared to go at Revis. I
1: don't think people are scared to go at Diggs. Okay. And what's the hesitation? Why, why do teams, like you saw with, with Washington yeah. football team, they came I, right out and yeah. threw a bomb against them. I that think, was stupid. I, yeah, that it was stupid. dumb. It was
3: dumb, especially from Washington.
1: <laughs> but I think that with
3: Revis, I think, I think Revis was a better cover corner. Just pure cover corner, not the ability necessarily to make a big interception. I don't think that was the fear for people against Revis. It was just like Revis actually just shut you down. I don't think Diggs is there yet. I think yeah. Diggs has a capability of making a big play, but the fact that he's allowing the most yards his direction, he hasn't he hasn't shored up that aspect of his game yet. But he will. And well
2: also not to mention he's a second year player. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he is on the early, early, early yeah. parts of his career, and he's even new to the position. Remember, yes. he only switched yep. to play corner halfway through his amazing. career at Alabama. Absolutely. So he's what, four years now? This is his fourth Crazy. full year of playing the position. Crazy. Period. I, I think you're all right. Yep. I think he's got plenty of room to grow and he's an impact player. If teams aren't scared to throw his direction by now. him. Keep going. Yeah. I mean, keep going, at him, and then we'll see who's scared to throw his direction come 2022. So we'll see how that works out. And the Cowboys, of course, we'll talk about the Cowboys offense against yeah. that Philadelphia defense coming up tomorrow as we do get – uh, closer and closer to the Saturday matchup Woo! with the Eagles in the final week of the regular season. But that's it for us here on Talking Cowboys. For Chris Beam, for Rob yeah. Phillips, Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, and Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the star in Frisco. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow on Talking Cowboys. <laughs> this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club.
0: How about you, Cowboys? Yeah!